Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today, we're going to continue uh, our series on the seven deadly sins. Uh, today, we've got a fun one. Ironic, especially considering Celebration Sunday, we usually go out and eat. So we're covering gluttony and sloth today. So that was interesting. Um, also, uh, it's Thanksgiving. So what better picture of gluttony and sloth can we have than that holiday? Uh, we spend uh, hours eating as much as possible, followed by hours of not doing anything. Um, so before we do this, let's just review sin real quick in case you missed the first uh, few uh, Sundays. This is part three uh, of our series. Um, sin simply is, is to uh, commit an act that breaks God's expectations of us. In other words, the heart of the law that we don't love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and, or we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. Anytime when our actions do that, that's not in alignment with God's best will for us. And that's sin. Um, we also learned that God's heart for sin and dealing with sin in our lives isn't one of punishment. Why? Because, as she shared this morning, that Jesus' blood took care of that, that punishment and took care of that atonement uh, for our sins. God's heart in dealing with sin is to make sure we're able to live the abundant, spiritual life that he's called us to. If we can and we're struggling with habitual sins, uh, we wind up, it's as if we're walking and working in chains. So God wants to continually free us through the power of the Holy Spirit as a community of faith so we can help free ourselves and that we can free others. So now that we've got the definition of sin out of the way, uh, we're going to first give our definition of gluttony. Now, most of you, when you think about gluttony, you think of this behind me. Um, and while I appreciate it, if you go to the next slide there, um, that is, that's, I guess, one type of gluttony. Thank you, Efren, for that wonderful picture from the last time that we went out. Uh, that people, <laughs> yes, that is truly our guy on the slides. Uh, in action, right? But it's for the Lord. It was for the Lord that he did that uh, last week. Um, but some people think of this, but actually sometimes we forget uh, that a lot of things that we deal with in the physical, um, their root is in the spiritual. Amen. Whether it's good or bad. Um, and so there is such thing, there is such a thing as spiritual gluttony. Um, gluttony in its basic definition is a hoarding of physical or spiritual food. That's what we're going to do. It's a hoarding of physical or spiritual food. Um, and we're going to go right now, we're going to go to our first uh, text here. Um, and I love this text because uh, this tells you so much about Jesus's heart when he's teaching uh, that I would encourage you, if you're looking for a way to start your year next year, a lot of times we have, you know, New Year's resolutions and it's getting near the end of the year. I would encourage you rather than trying to read the Bible in a year, because that's really, really hard. It's really hard. It's hard enough to read the Bible, let alone really understand it in a year. Um, I would recommend that you would take a two or three three year plan to go through the Bible. However, one thing that you could spend the entire year in is the Gospels. And so I would encourage you to take time to read the Gospels and focus on what Jesus says and how he taught. And there will be new things the Holy Spirit will bring to you that you won't realize was there before. So focus on the script. You're going to learn a lot about Jesus uh, if you focus on the Gospels, especially, especially how he was that tie-in between the Old Covenant and the New One, and to see how those two work together. Some amazing, awesome uh, insights that you can get from that. 
So let's get started. We're going to start here, our, our text here. After this, Jesus crossed over the far side of the Sea of Galilee. He says after six, after this here, because the previous chapter where, uh, where uh, Jesus was talking, he had a pretty tough sermon. Um, so I don't blame him for needing to take a break and go over to the far side of the sea. Um, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him whenever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. I think it was interesting that the writer here made sure to let us know that a huge crowd kept following him whenever they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. This is one clue and insight in this scripture that those signs accompanied Jesus, but those signs weren't Jesus. Those signs accompanied the message of the gospel breaking in, but they weren't the gospel breaking in. And these people were so fascinated by the signs, Jesus knew the reason that they were there. And throughout scripture, we see Jesus addressing that with people saying, oh, only a wicked generation. It's the generation that seeks signs. We love it because we're people of the spirit and people of the kingdom and signs such as tongues and those things are great. And it's how the Holy Spirit uses his church in the work of God. But those signs in themselves point to someone. And in this case, they pointed to Jesus. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Peter, he, Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what? Just everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. This wasn't including women and children. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets and scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. They filled 12 baskets with what was left over. I thought that was amazing. And when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself because he knew it wasn't time. It wasn't the season yet for him to do that. So gluttony, a hoarding of physical or spiritual food. And now we commonly know we're in kind of a health conscious society. Uh, we know pretty much what we should eat and, and don't eat and how we should uh, watch the kinds of things we put in our bodies. Um, these are some questions 
that you can ask yourself that may lead to a sense where you might realize you might be struggling with it. It doesn't mean this isn't an exhaustive list, uh, but it does give you some things to just think about regarding gluttony. Do you commonly eat or drink well past your body's signals that you are full? Man, do not come to my household on Thanksgiving uh, because the number one would be like all me. Um, my body is telling me no more, but man, my taste buds are like, man, your, your stomach has foals, James. It has foals that expand. So I could definitely get more food in there. Number two, do you prioritize and consume junk food more than good food? Notice that I didn't say physical food. Um, there are a lot of times that we can consume junk food, especially considering that the word of God is our food. Jesus tells us Jesus is the bread of life. Um, but sometimes we can get into a pattern where we read so many other things and listen to so many other speakers more than we do the word of God. So we have a good idea of what other people think about Jesus, but we don't take the time to learn about Jesus and read about God's word on our own. Um, now, the interesting thing about junk food is junk food does have nutrients in it. I mean, you can pick any type of candy bar, any type of uh, cookie, and there's something in there that's probably nutritious somewhere. Um, but it's not a whole food. It doesn't mean that we can live on that. And so that would be an, just an encouragement to you, especially people I love to read as well. But make sure that that balance, that you're not leaning so much on what other people are writing about the word. We have the Holy Spirit in us the Holy Spirit in us that guides us in all truth and ask him to speak to you um, and as you dig into the word of God. The third one, is there an auto no feature in your heart helping people in need? This is an interesting one that God uh, brought out. And a lot of times when people struggle with gluttony, it's very similar to greed in the sense that if there's someone that might be in need or there might be a need, a lot of times there's a tendency to just shut down even the voice of God maybe having you help them or maybe having you share. So that might be um, another one, another sign of gluttony. Now we're gonna go to sloth. Um, sloth, which the definition of physical or spiritual reluctance to work or make a needed effort. Laziness, laziness. And let's go to James 1. James 1, he says here, but don't listen, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for it. This is a very special verse because it tells you of a specific act of God blessing you provided you do these things. And I think that's amazing. There's not anything to figure out or try to parse words. If we read verse 25, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says that's the very heart of the law. Then God will bless you for doing that. That's an awesome, awesome verse. All right, so this is Sloth. These are some signs that you might see if that's something that you might be struggling with. Uh, are you no longer moved by testimonies of God or excited by people being connected to Jesus? 
that's one of the telltale signs. Over time, it's very easy as we kind of get settled as Christians and we forget, oh, there was a point I didn't know Jesus. There was a point where I was actually living a life of darkness. I was lost. I didn't know the Lord. And so sometimes over time, we can kind of get lazy and those don't move us anymore. They don't touch our hearts anymore. Another one, are you often slow to commit to any kingdom work or serving? Um, this is a, a big one, just in the Christian church in general. Um, whether you're asked for something, if you can volunteer, or if God's knocking on the door saying, hey, I'd really like for you to consider working in this. Or it doesn't even have to be in the church. It could be something as simple as helping someone in need on the street. But there's always an immediate slowness. There's always an immediate fallback to um, some phrases that sometimes we overuse are, well, let me let me talk to God about that. When you know in your heart, you're not going to. It's a no. All right? We've all done that. We've all been there. Or uh, let me think about that. Or, you know, God's really not moving me in this, real, this direction. All right? To do it. Again, if those are valid reasons, good. But sometimes we overuse it. Um, that when it comes to, comes to serving. Um, especially, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, actually, on the phone. He's a pastor uh, in California. And uh, he... Uh, told me he caught himself, he was actually kind of confessing, which is kind of an interesting conversation from this guy. And uh, he's like, man, I just, sometimes I just can't say, I know God wants me to do some things, but sometimes I get tired. And I use the excuse of, uh, man, you know what? I'm following the Lord and he hasn't given me direct guidance to do A, B, and C. And then he said, but you know what? I don't, hold, I don't hold myself accountable when I'm shopping for something. I don't ask the Lord if, what movie I should watch. I don't ask the Lord how fast I should drive. I don't ask the Lord. He's like, all these other things, but when I want to expend, if I'm going to have to expend energy uh, in his kingdom work, now all of a sudden I feel holy enough that I need to ask him and pray for three months about it. And I was like, wow, man, that's a, I said, you're not alone in that. Um, I feel you. Um, so in the last one, does FOMO, I'm sorry, the third one, does FOMO dominate your thinking more than God's will does? FOMO, for those of you who aren't as hip as the current uh, millennials nowadays, <laughs> if you're not aware of what that is, that is fear of missing out. Does that dominate your thinking more than God's will does when you make decisions? Is it, well, I do kind of want to do that, but man, what if this comes up? Or if I, do, yeah, I know that's a good thing with the Lord, and that's that's great, and I can see God's moving, but, you know, that particular day, maybe something else will happen. Um, that, would, that would be something to look at. And then finally, the same thing as gluttony. Is there an auto-no feature in your heart to helping people in need? That also affects us when we're dealing with sloth. Uh, what is the most common word that children learn when they first are growing up and learning language? No. Yeah, right from the beginning. Uh, so we're in that habit. Now, here's the thing. This isn't supposed to be a downer, and the series isn't a downer, even though we're talking about sin. The great physician, Jesus, he has remedies and treatments for sin. So if you've determined through the Holy Spirit that you're struggling with this, or as we mentioned the last two weeks, you know someone who is struggling uh, in any of these two scenarios. These are the treatments. Uh, number one, you are controlled by what fills you. 
you are controlled by what fills you. Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love it how we let, how you led this morning and how the Spirit moved uh, with us. And I actually was waiting, and I was part of me was praying and saying, "Man, Melody, just say the word that you think. You know what? We're going to continue singing through the service." And I just would have gone up there and sat and enjoyed um, God's presence today. Um, but whatever you're filled with, that's what controls you. If you're filled with doubt, that's what controls you. If you're filled with despair. That's what controls you. Um, if you're filled, as the scripture said, with wine or any other type of substance that's filling you or you could be addicted to, it's controlling you. So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit daily. Daily we need to. As my former mentor, Scott Ross, always said, as people of the church, we leak and we need to be refilled, refilled uh, with the Holy Spirit. So let's pray for that. Um, the second one, don't waste God's physical and spiritual provision. Um, the big thing we learned about that is Jesus, when he was feeding the many, he didn't want to waste all of those things that were left over. Jesus has no problem. God has no problem with us being full and being filled. It's part of, part of what we get to enjoy on this earth that God's provided for us. Um, but sharing is a beautiful expression of love because it means giving something up for the sake of others. This could mean buying an extra meal if you're eating in an area where homelessness is common. It could mean sharing a word of encouragement you've received by the Holy Spirit to someone else in your small group where everyone benefits from your blessing. This could mean spending time praying for a healing or a miracle for someone in the power of the Spirit. Whatever you receive, please, please consider also giving it away. For gluttony and sloth, for both of them, this is a final one. Make the Holy Spirit's filling a lifestyle. So rather than it just simply being something, well, it's today, it's Tuesday, I'm going to get up. God fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can go about my business, and then I can go help people. But make it a lifestyle. Make it something that you look forward to. Set a time every day. Set a time that you would do that. Uh, it's funny, uh, I think about, uh, with Thanksgiving coming up and even Halloween today, I think about all that candy and, uh, there was a store, uh, that we used to go to called Hollywood candy in Nebraska. And it had all of the old candy that we grew up with as kids. Um, and, uh, so when I was up in, in Omaha to, to see my grandchild and to, uh, watch our grandson graduate, I mean, our son graduate from the police academy, uh, I had to stop by the store. And I did. And I remembered, I'm like, man, there's so many places I want to go in Omaha that Houston doesn't have. But if I keep eating this candy, I'm not going to have room. Um, and like an idiot, I kept eating the candy over and over again because, man, it was so good um, here. And then I thought when I eat the good stuff first, it's hard for the bad stuff to have room in my stomach. When I eat the good stuff first, 
The Spirit is the good stuff. Jesus is the good stuff. Listening and obeying God's will is the good stuff. Also, the Holy Spirit energizes. So Paul told Timothy, fan to flame the spiritual gift God gave him. He wasn't to just sit back and watch or rest on his laurels because, hey, I'm in the club. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. He wasn't to sit back, but the message was to rest, move, speak, touch, listen, pray, and love in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do all of those things in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not busy. We're not working ourselves into a frenzy. But all of those things through the power of the Holy Spirit that supernaturally sustains us, those are all possible. Make it a lifestyle. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go ahead and uh, prepare our hearts for communion here. Um, so I wanted to know if everybody could, could bow their heads real quick. And we'll have an attitude of prayer. Okay, one of the things we're going to pray about today is actually um, a filling. Some of you may need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's been a dry time for you, and you've been working on things on your own. We forget sometimes that the kingdom of God is in our midst. It's here. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's easy to forget. And we need to be reminded. So if that's you, if you could just slip your hand out real quick. I just Okay, gotcha. See that? See that? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, also, for those of you uh, who, there's something that's going on right now where you don't see an end in sight. So it's much easier to just kind of sit back because you don't see the hope or you don't see the end game of God working um, in a particular area. If that's you, uh, if you could just slip your hand up real quick. I'd like it. Thank you. Thank you. for that. Okay. Um, the third area is for an internal healing. So it's something internal. Uh, it's not like a leg or a back, but maybe an organ or maybe something that's going on in, in your body. Okay. 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 All right. Let's pray. Let's pray, family. Lord, you say that you give us the Spirit without measure. Without measure. No limit. It's one of the few things we can get full, full on and not gain a pound. So, Father, we pray for those that, that know that they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, that your Spirit right now would be poured out on them. That right now, that presence that we sense during worship, that presence when we first got to know you, that same presence and feeling would go with them, that they would be filled to the brim with your spirit, that it would infuse every fiber, infuse every part of their soul, that there would be no dark places, that all places would, would show who they are to you, that nothing would be hidden for you. That their arms, their hands would be open and ready to work. Their feet would be ready to go where you would lead them. And also for those that see no hope, Lord, may you strengthen not just their their their.
of living who you are, that your rescue is on the way. And also, Lord, may you strengthen their faith because we don't have faith by going by sight. But we trust in you. And your Holy Spirit as a seal reminds us of that. That you are sovereign, you are Lord, you have no equal. Put that deep in our hearts, Lord. Put that deep in our hearts. You love to see your children living the abundant life you've called us to. Help us not be complacent. Help us not be um, help us not be discontent, Lord. Constantly striving and striving and striving like a hamster in a, in a wheel for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because we're missing out. Help us be content in you. As that song says, Christ is enough. Lord, you are our portion. And we have the spirit without measure. If we lost everything, we still would never lose everything. Help us walk that out. Help us believe that. Help us remember that. And finally, Lord, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask as your children, there are people that have specific needs physically, internal needs here. We ask the power of the Holy Spirit that you would heal each and every one of them. We are asking you, Father, to send your spirit, your presence to rest on each and every person's body. You knit us in our mother's womb. You know best how our bodies are put together. So great physician, we're calling on you and asking for your help. If we have doubts, Lord, help us, as the, as the man in your, in your word said, help us with our unbelief. Hmm. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. Let's prepare our hearts for communion.